Verse 7 of Ezekiel 37. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. I want to preach for just a little while what I feel instructed of the Lord for this volunteer night. The bones came together. The bones came together. God, we love you and we thank you for our time in this house. I pray that you would help, that you would minister, that you would do what only you can do. We pray. We pray for your help. We depend upon you. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. God bless you and you may be seated. The company is a little startup called Google. They came together with a project, project known as Aristotle. And in that project, they did extensive research. This is a company that is extremely reliant upon effective teamwork within its organization. And you will see a quote, I believe, that they have as a part of this particular study where hundreds and hundreds of teams were surveyed. And they reported we had lots of data, but there was nothing showing that the mix of specific personality types or skills or backgrounds made any difference. The who part of the equation didn't seem to matter. After all of their money, I'm thankful that they used their millions to find this out. The who part of the equation didn't seem to matter. The drill down of their study came to find that what made teams successful was what they termed as psychological safety. The ability for teams to be honest and transparent with each other. Vulnerability led to reliability. I want to say that again. Vulnerability led to reliability. I will tell you that what is true at Google in this dynamic is true in the kingdom of God. We cannot do it by ourselves. You cannot do it by yourself. But thank God there is a body of believers that if we will allow the Lord, He will fitly join the body together and he will allow development and maturity. How many know the kingdom of God is meant to mature us? There should be growth in the body. Brother Kilman, I found something this week in study that I did not know. All of our medical people probably know this already, but the average infant is born with nearly 300 bones. 
That's a lot of bones. Some of you are thinking, what's the big deal? The average adult only has 206. I don't think you randomly lose bones. Some people are wondering if that happens during the shrinking process. The average infant has 300 bones and the average adult has 206 to 210 bones. And so as I was reading through the medical uh, jargon and, and trying to make sure I understood it, I have a, a, a close personal friend who is a medical doctor and I said, I don't want to say anything from the pulpit that's not factual. I said, so can you fact check me on this? I was looking for a long, thorough answer. I gave him a synopsis. He's probably going to hear this and give me a hard time. And so I said, is it true? And I was waiting on some medical explanation. My response was, true. <laughs> Thank you for not wasting any more time. But as I begin to read and begin to understand it, infants when they are born, I was looking in the office just before service and, and there was uh, the Wright's precious little baby. And I, I told her this morning, those cheeks are uh, edible, sweet little girl. And I was in the office here right after, uh, before service and I saw Brother Wright in there and she was talking to Grandpa, boy. She was looking and smiling at, at Grandpa, but the some 300 bones that are in her tiny skeletal structure, they will, they will not diminish, but what happens during the process of maturity due to the covering of flesh and skin, the sinew and the blood, is bones that are infantile over a period of time begin to fuse together. And they begin to strengthen and bones that were independent begin to work together in harmony towards the process of maturity and adulthood. I will tell you very simply through this illustration, the goal of a night like tonight is not multiple fractions within the church. But it is the entirety of the body working together for the same purpose and the same goal. In order for me to walk from the center of the platform to the right side of the platform, then what pistons fire in my mind has to get in conjunction with every one of my bones and all of my muscles. And in order for my right foot to move forward and then my left foot to follow, my body has to begin to work in harmony. If my left foot wants to go, to the left but my right foot wants to go to the right I have a body that is not working in harmony I can put this in a very simple and somewhat humorous illustration for some of us in this place if you have ever accidentally almost done the splits you know it ain't the will of God but the body is forced into a direction that it cannot and should not be going. I will tell you this. There is a desire of the enemy to fraction out and bring division to the body. But the will of God is that the body would work together. One bread and one body. 
that the body would work together in harmony. And I want to be very clear, whether you sign up to be a part of a cleaning team, whether you're a part of a ladies' ministry, whether you're a part of the parking lot or you're on a baptismal team, regardless, every part of the body is working together for one reason, that souls might be saved for the kingdom of God, that Indianapolis would have a church that when people walk in this place, they'll know that Jesus is preached and the Spirit of God is real and it is abundant and that's why we come together as a body. I'm going to tell you why. It's why we clap as a body. It's why we worship as a body. It's why we don't force people out on their own and say, well, good luck, and if it goes well, then we'll join. No, this isn't about setting people up for failure. It's about setting each other up for a win. Now listen, if we try to do it in our own intellect, we're going to become woefully short. But I've got good news for you. Even though this local church might be governed by people, this place is led by the Lord. I don't want to ever be a part of the church that is not being led by the Spirit of God and preaching the power of the Holy Ghost. Why do we preach so much about repentance? This is His body. Why do we preach so much about baptism? This is His body. Why do we preach so much about the infilling of the Holy Ghost? This is His body. And I preached it a couple of weeks ago. But we've got to not only be in one place, we've got to be in one accord, working and marching. And Nudge your neighbor and tell him, I need you. I need you. And how many know that it is a rule out there called 80, can you finish? 80-20. That 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I want to report to you tonight, this is a church that loves to serve. This is a group of individuals that love to be a part of the body of Christ. And being a part of the body of Christ means being involved. This is not a dead body. This is not a dead church. This is a living church. For those of you who were here on Wednesday night, I took a some 400 year journey in about 40 minutes and talked about the divided kingdom. We'll continue that series this Wednesday night. I'm excited about what the Lord will do here on Wednesday night. But in the latter part of that, you might remember about the prophet whose, whose namesake, the book that we are in right here, but Ezekiel made his way onto that particular screen that we showed the other night. And you know that we were talking about the division of the kingdom and how that kingdom had been divided at the end of Solomon's reign and Jeroboam and Rehoboam and the, the Israel to the north and Judah to the south and, and the way that it happened. But during the end time of, of this destructive period, we have Ezekiel who is called upon and he is a prophet and we talked about the need of, need of righteous prophecy. Now I'm going to say something right now. We needed righteous prophecy in those dark days. And we believe every, 
We believe every prophet that spoke in this scripture and what is recorded in this scripture that it is something not simply for them but it is something for us to analyze and to apply and to see how does the word of God affect us and how should it be affecting me. I will tell you in Ezekiel's moment of prophecy and in the dramatic occurrence from our text here in the 37th chapter, Ezekiel is in a place where it seems that the... uh, um, The entire state of the people could be no worse. And where he carries Ezekiel, there's been great argument, whether physically or simply in vision. Where he carries him, the same word for plain back in the second chapter, utilized valley here in the 37th chapter, carries him and puts him in this place. And, And so many of us are familiar with this text that here in this valley he sees the bones. Who remembers the descriptors? What, what are the bones? What does Ezekiel say? They are, they're very dry. It's not just death. It is old death. My entire life I have heard statements like this. They are too far gone. Nobody's too far gone for the Lord. I've had people look at me and tell me, you might as well not waste your time. They'll never come home. You hear me right now. God can do what no man, what no mother, what no father, what no sibling can do. Can I tell you something? This very day, We had in this church people that had not been in church for years and years. And people said, I don't know that they'll ever. Oh, pastor, don't embarrass. No, no, no. I wouldn't embarrass anybody. Let me just brag on God for a minute. Because God can look at what the enemy calls dead and lifeless and ruined and over. God is not intimidated by the current status of that individual he's not intimidated by who they are he knows who they were designed to be and whether it's a backslidden sibling or whether it's somebody that's never even darkened the doors of this church I'm going to tell you it's the will of God that we open up the doors of this building and we prophesy over this city we need the bones to come together You say, now time out. That would have to be in alignment with the will of God for that to happen. It's not the will of God that any would perish. It's not the will of God that any would perish. It's not the will of God that any should perish. But he's come to seek. And he's come to save that which is lost. And he takes Ezekiel and he sets him down. And he makes him look over this valley. And he asked Ezekiel that question. Can? Isn't it staggering? I would tell you, I thank the Lord is looking at our church right now. And he's asking us, what do you really believe is possible? And I feel a check in the Holy Ghost right now. What do we really believe is possible? What do we really think he can do? He's bigger than parking constraints. He's bigger than financial difficulties. He's bigger than psychological issues. He's bigger than medical diseases and diet. He's bigger than every problem in every situation. 
He sets him down and he says, Can these bones live? And Ezekiel makes a statement that is the great get out of jail free card. I think the average person would have said, no. Oh, no one would say no to God. Remember when Sarah was going to have a baby in her old age? What was the first response? (laughs) And then her husband got in trouble. How's that work? I feel the theologians in the work. Well, here's why. Still don't like it. But if we're not careful, our first response is doubt. But Ezekiel said, Lord God, thou knowest. And I think Ezekiel had a little part of him that was, God, you can do anything you want to do. You can accomplish anything you want to accomplish. And so God said, good answer. I want to use you. And I would tell you that's what the Lord is saying to Calvary right now in this season. To those of, that are, those of us that agree, he can do anything. He can reach the city. He can heal the sick. He can bring peace to the body. And we're saying, Lord God, you can do it. He's looking at us like he looked at Ezekiel and and, and he's saying to us, then get that voice in your mouth and begin to speak things that are not as though they were. Ezekiel was commanded to prophesy and so he begins to prophesy. Now we're not going to have a prophesy teaching session. Okay? You go home and start prophesying to your family. I think some people use that word way too sparingly, way too casually. I prophesy, well, let's hear what the Lord is saying. I don't know if restoration is his will. It is. I don't know if revival of the body is what he wants. It's what he wants. You know the greatest way for your prophecy to be effective, the greatest way for your voice to carry weight is to get your voice in union with his will. I said get your voice in union with his will. And so he said, I prophesied as I was commanded. And when I prophesied, there was a shaking. And the bones came together. I've preached it. Every preacher in this room has preached it. You've preached Ezekiel 37. If you haven't preached it, you ought to preach it. But the bones came together. Which being interpreted, we understand. The right bones came together. I'm going to tell you something right now. This is our volunteer night. This is where we sign up. This is where we say we want to serve the body. It's okay For you to admit what you are and what you are not good at. (laughs) How far should I go? (laughs) I will tell you this. If you're really seeking the face of God. 
If you're really having devotion, if you're really spending time in His Word, if you're really trying to do the will of God, most of the time, what you feel to do is what you're supposed to do. God, give me another sign. No. There is a portion in the Gospels where they come seeking a sign from him. And he said, no. This generation, you're always seeking a sign. You're wanting the most recent abracadabra. I'm not giving you any sign. You don't need a sign to be involved. Love me, serve me, and get involved in the kingdom. Get involved in helping the body to move the body forward. Well, I really don't know that working on the parking team is a big deal. Then maybe you're too big of a deal. I don't think cleaning the toilets is really ministry. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's ministry. I don't, I don't know that getting together on a Saturday and putting together gifts for visitors, what value does that bring? I, I, I want to volunteer for a microphone. Good luck. You know what I want to volunteer for? Where can you use me? Where can I be effective? What can I do? What can I do to bring value to the body? What can I do? And I'm going to tell you, Ezekiel drew the short straw this day. Preachers, we have this thing we call, um, we say it this way. It's the invitation you want until you get it. And it's usually talking about preaching big meetings. Preach a general conference or a youth congress or a, something like you, you get invited to preach a camp meeting. or It's the kind of thing you're like, man, I, I, that'd be awesome until you get the invitation. Mm. Had somebody call me one time, ask me to preach. I put my hand over the phone, looked at my wife and said these words. I don't think they know. Ezekiel is asked, do you think these bones can live? Lord God, I don't know. Heard one preacher say it like this. He didn't say, Lord God, thou knowest. He said, Lord God, thou knowest. But I'll tell you this, the Lord did know. And the Lord did know who he could trust with the moment. Calvary, I've got news collectively for everybody in this building. He has trusted you to be a member of the body in this season. He has trusted you to be a part of the body in this hour. And for anybody that ever thinks there's any greater service, I'm going to go on public record and tell you there is no greater service than service to the local church. <laughs> Period. I made it a point. When I was serving on a national scale, I wouldn't let anybody preach an event that wasn't being effective in their local assembly. Nobody needs to be able to lead on a national level if they don't even have a good opinion in their home church. This is what we're called to do. We're called to be members of the body and to see this local community 
to see this local community have somewhere they can show up and be affected eternally, not momentarily. Their life changed forever. So go with me. Travel with me into the scripture. Help me, help me to consider putting the landing gear down. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Behold, a shaking. The bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Then said unto me, okay, um, all you guys on the young row, on this front row, see, one, two, three, four. You first four, run up here. Hey, you guys, right side, you're not out of this. One, two. Just all you guys, come here. All, come on the platform. Come on. Come here. Come on. Spread out. Of each other, from each other. Spread out from each other. Spread out. Okay, die. <laughs> die. That was like the most comfortable death ever. Like, <laughs> I'm going to ease into my death. Dead men don't tap. Be, be still. <laughs> Nervous energy on the platform. Close your eyes, you're dead. Dead people with open eyes are creepy. His nerves are still moving. Still got it's a good photo op. prophesied and bones came together and there was flesh and there was sinew but there was no breath in them and I will tell you Ezekiel's revelation was this partial miracle is no miracle at all having a body that has no breath can I tell you this he was about to learn that until the Spirit of the Lord breathes on them and puts breath in them, it is a type, it is a shadow for the New Testament and the pneuma, the breath of God, that churches without the Spirit are not churches at all. And I will tell you right now, churches that have structure but have no Spirit are not churches at all. The YMCA has that. Local community club has that. I don't want to be some, yeah, thank God for all of our ministry teams and all of our volunteers, but I don't want to just be bodies that look like we have potential, but we have no spirit in us. What will make the difference in every ministry and every team and every individual is God let us have the spirit of God that is working on the inside of us. And so he told him, I want you to speak to the wind. Go ahead and bring your stuff and come up. I bet it is always easy to get volunteers. <laughs> Have you ever made an appeal for volunteers and it felt like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got partial revival in a few of them. 
Carver died with his knees in the air. <laughs> Praise God. But Brother Lopez, the Lord spoke to Ezekiel and said, prophesy to the wind. And so he did. And as he began to prophesy to the wind, now you may think this is just blabbing and grabbing stuff, but I'm going to tell you this. He is the God of the north. He is the God of the east. He is the God of the south. Brother Oliver, he's the God of Greenwood. He is the God of the west. Said, I prophesied as I was command. All of a sudden, those dead, lifeless bodies, breath begin. Now, boys, I want you to do your best acting. I just want you to let your chests begin to rise. Take some deep breaths. And take a deep breath. Uh, no, a deep one. I laid down one time I was preaching. I laid down one time to try to do this illustration, Pastor Lopez. And when I was breathing, somebody told me afterwards, they said, your stomach was moving, but your chest wasn't. <laughs> I said, don't talk to me ever again. <laughs> but their chest began to move. Now, imagine what he sees, boys. Help me out. All of a sudden, one by one, they begin to move their arms. And they begin to get, get their legs begin to be moving. And all of a sudden, they started standing up all over the valley. Go ahead and begin to stand up now. Just, just stretch. I know it feels good. A couple of you fell asleep. Stretch just a little bit. Begin. Wipe your drool off the carpet. Ezekiel looks at them and the Lord says, those of you that were here for Wednesday night study, you're going to understand this. He said, this is the house of Israel. Cannot it be done with the house? Can't there be restoration that occurs in the people of God and in the body of God? And when Ezekiel looks at them, the Bible says, and I saw an exceeding great army. I brought you young men up here on purpose to tell you you are more powerful than the enemy wants you to believe that you are. You are more powerful than even your mind wants you to believe that you are. You have more authority. You have more authority than the enemy of your mind and your heart and your spirit wants you to believe that you are. But I could take that and I could speak that to every section and every individual in this room and tell you you are more powerful than the enemy wants. But you got to let that spirit fill you and you got to let it cause you to get you up on your feet and say, wait a minute, I refuse to act dead. The Lord has brought something to life in me. I want you to stand and lift your hands all over this building and I want you to ask God, God, would you let me live the revival? Let me live the revival. I've said it for years. I'll say it again tonight. I believe that in verse 10 and 11, 
Ezekiel saw what God saw in verse 1. When Ezekiel saw nothing but a valley, God already saw an army. And if God saw an army in them, God, I can only imagine. I've preached from this text before, but in preparation for this night, the Lord would not get me out of Ezekiel 37 and telling us we got to get the bones together. We got to get the body together. And there's not, you hear me clearly before he begins to describe the coming together of the bones and lets you be seated and gives you instruction. You hear me right now. There's not one ministry that's more important than the other. The great precedent in this church is preaching of the word. Because we believe it is the foolishness of preaching. But we believe in our music ministry. Yes. We believe in our children's ministry. We believe in our junior high just like we believe in our nursery. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now. We believe in the, in the cooks. I mean, we really. <laughs> we are not meant to be which ministry is more important than the other ministry. We're meant to get the bones to come together. One of the most comfortable things I get to do on a regular basis is put the mic in someone else's hand. To hand it off. And then in confidence know that the mission walks forward. Because it's not about a name unless it's his name. 